Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. One of the things I learned was not to say to her, that's not true, but to recognize when I'm about to say, that's not true, I'm missing something. She's not making it up. This is a real thing for her that I'm not paying attention to. Another teaching for another night. My lesson was that even if he did it, even if he did everything I wanted him to, it wouldn't satisfy because it's unsatisfiable by a human person. He could not give me what I wanted. We often think that if we found the right person, our emotional needs would finally be satisfied. As we run away from our loneliness, we frequently turn from person to person until we finally realize that only God can fulfill us. In today's message, Pastor Robert will remind us that only Jesus can complete our hearts. Well, let's join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part three of their message, Loneliness. that it's their fault, then you're a victim of whether or not they fix it. You know, you're depending completely on that. All they can be at best is dessert. If you have the need with him satisfied, now we found this out the hard way. Our loneliest years, right, were not our single years. They were the first years of our marriage. They were far lonelier in many ways than when we were single because you're next to a person and it shouldn't feel this way. But it does because there's something in here not fixed. There's something in here that that had to learn to drink from deeper waters than each other. We can't do it. Can you see that freedom? Now, so over and over, Jesus asked in the Bible, do you want to get well, though? Do you want to get well? He asked people that were blind, what do you want? As if it wasn't obvious. And maybe if he asked you, what do you want? Maybe you think it's obvious. I need a spouse, or I need my spouse to behave better, or I need whatever, whatever you have attached to that loneliness as the hope for it. And Jesus asked, do you want to get well, is that it's not a given. It's just not a given. Because when he asked, do you want to get well, we're like, not really, I want him to get well. <laughs> Fix that person. You know what I mean? So this weekend I taught at Vineyard Miami, and it was such a huge blessing to be in another church that's of the same spirit. We're one spirit. And the pastor there was, he'd asked me to address John 5, and it completely applies to what we already knew we would talk about here. So John 5, from the perspective of loneliness, John 5, beginning in verse 2, it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, which means house of mercy. The pool is called house of mercy. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, always competition, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, 
A certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to be made well? He saw him, this certain man, just like you are this certain person that he sees you. And he knows how long this ache has been there. And he's still asking, do you want to get well? He doesn't just make you well. He asks you, it's an interaction, because if he just made you well, you would never learn how to come back to the waters. And listen to his answer. The sick man said to him, sir, he doesn't say, yeah, I want to be fine. He says, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And maybe that's exactly what you say to God, sir, if you call him that, I really never do. But God, Jesus, whatever you call him, when he asks you, do you want to be well? And you said, I have no one to do it for me. Whatever that need is, I have no one to do it for me. And every time I think I'm there, someone else gets ahead of me. Someone else gets that promotion. Someone else gets what I think I need, what I do need. I have no one. And Jesus is asking you, do you want to be well? And you're like, but I have no one. And you're not even lifting your eyes from the people around you and from the needs. And he's like, over and over in the Bible, he's like, look at me, look at me. Peter and James and John were there and they're like, look at us. Do you want what we have to offer? And we're looking at people, but they, but they, but they. That's exactly what I did in the beginning of our marriage. Big part of that was because I was so focused on fixing her. And I had been her teacher in Youth with a Mission. I was one of the you know, one of the instructors in her Youth with a Mission training school. I only taught for like one week because I was focused in, in ministry here in the city and not in that training department. But I, I kind of had that, that mental posture of instructor in her life. You know what I mean? And I'm eight years older than her. So there's a, you know, a little bit of age difference there. There's that, the mentality of I'm more mature than you are in the Lord. And, and so you need to grow up. You need to get with the program. You need to, and we got to fix her. And I remember it's like, he would say to me over and over, but that's just not true. When I would say something to him, this and that, I don't like. And he's like, but that's just not true. And I'm like, how do you know? How do, who gave you like monopoly on truth? How do you know what's true? In these emotional yeah. realms, how do, can you be so sure? I was invalidating true? what she was experiencing, guys. Yeah. If that, and we guys do that a lot. She would come to me and I don't even know if I can give a concrete answer or, or, or example. You might be able to. But she would, she would come to me with something, you know, that I was doing or something that, uh, I don't know. Being forever distracted. Forever, forever distracted. Forever distracted. That's a great one. Yes, because it's still something I struggle with. And I would say, listen, I was focused on you all night last night. That's just not true. And then one day I realized, well, apparently from her perspective, it was true. And that's really what mattered because I have a responsibility as a husband to minister to her needs. And she's communicating to me a need for more focus than I was given. And we have a little running joke. Some of you have heard it before. I actually sent her a text this afternoon and told her, you know, we're, we're taking some time away here in a few weeks. And I said, I, I'm really looking forward to having four days to just gaze into your eyes. Because in the very beginning, it, that became a big joke between us because she got on to me one night. She's like, can we just spend tonight here in the, in the apartment, just be together because we haven't been together all week. And I, I, 
I'm like, where have you been? We've been here every night. We've been together all week long. And she said, no, we haven't. And, and I seriously was getting a little worried. I'm like, okay, is, is she okay? Because I, you know, I said, yes, last night I sat right here in this chair and you sat right there in that chair and we were in this apartment together all night long. It's just not true. And she said, yes, you sat right there and read your book and I sat right over here and read my book and we were not together. One of the things I learned was not to say to her, that's not true, but to recognize when I'm about to say, that's not true, I'm missing something. She's not making it up. This is a real thing for her that I'm not paying attention to. Another teaching for another night. My lesson was that even if he did it, even if he did everything I wanted him to, it wouldn't satisfy because it's unsatisfiable by a human person. He could not give me what I wanted in that sense. He could get better at it, but, and he did. That's good. That's and good. I'm grateful. Keep saying that. That's good. We all can get better at it, but if I did not know, if I did not know that it was not possible for him to do it, it would kill him to try. You understand? And it would still not satisfy me. I have seen women having their men so under control that he does everything just like they want it. And they're still not satisfied because they won't do it. It just doesn't do it. It can't fill that need because it's not human. Does that make sense? So Jesus said to this man, rise up, take your bed and walk. And he said that to me in our early marriage. At some point I realized, wait a minute. I was happy before I met him. I was. I was a happy person before I met him after some therapy. And, and so it was good. Right. How can he subtract from that? Why should he be able to take that away? It was sort of survival skills in the beginning. But it is, there's a freedom in that to say. And initially, it's like, why should he be able to? But it's like the same sun still shines on me that shone on me then. The same God still is sufficient for me that was the same then. At some point, he actually said, get me off your pedestal. I can't be your God. And nobody can. Nobody can, not your kids, not your mom, not your anybody. Nobody can be your God. They can be good friends, but only if that need is satisfied. So Jesus said, rise up, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. We want to dismiss it because we're like, could it be that easy immediately? When he showed me that, and this is really not a marriage thing. It's just a human thing. For joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the current series Pastor Robert is teaching through here on Main Thing Radio. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. 
We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available on MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio.